Last week, we started talking about uh, building two towers. We talked about one tower that stands, one tower that collapses. And we emphasized last week that it is so vitally important to have the right foundation. So I want to talk to you today about that foundation. What is the foundation of faith. And I want to read to you out of First Peter, of Second Peter chapter one, verses one through four. Second Peter. And we're actually going to be in Second Peter for a few Sundays, and we're going to be seeing that he actually tells us that there are certain things that if we build with certain things, if we build on the right foundation, which is faith, and if we add to those that foundation about seven or eight different things, he says, if you do that, you will never fall. Isn't that amazing? What a great promise. And so it should be exciting for us to see if we do these particular things, we will never fall. But he introduces this whole thought in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, by saying, Simon Peter a servant and apostle of, of Jesus Christ to those, that's us, to those who have obtained or received like precious faith. In other words, the same kind of precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll come back to that, but let's look at verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us, what's that next word? All things that pertain to life and godliness. I hear so many people say, well, if I could just have more, if I could just receive more. No, he says, if you have received, if you've been granted the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, God has given to us by his divine power all things that pertain to life at salvation and godliness, which is the Christian life, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, that is through these promises, by believing in them, you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through sinful desire or through lust. About six or seven things that I want to say to you this morning. It's going to be a shorter sermon than normal because I am in a hurry. But you listen real fast, and I'll try to uh, get it all in. The first thing I want you to see is that our faith, which is the foundation was granted to us. Nobody can just decide, well, I think I'm going to believe in God. Faith is something that God grants to us. One of the most 
famous, what we call Baptist verses in the Bible is, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that, that is faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And so here's, here's a mystery. Nobody can believe unless God grants them the faith to believe. But here's the corollary to it. Anyone who wants to believe can believe. (laughs) Sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? You can't believe just because you decide, well, okay, I'm going to trust in the Lord. It may seem that way, but, but God grants you the ability to trust him. But if you want to trust him, you can trust him. Anybody who wants to believe can believe. The problem is that many people don't want to believe. They want to just make it on their own. They want to believe in themselves or in the church or in religion, but they don't want to fully trust in the Lord. But if you have trusted in Jesus, if you are a Christian, I want you to know God is the one who gets all the praise and all the credit and all the glory for it. You can never pat yourself on the back and say, I did it. I did it. And I've used the illustration before to illustrate the fact that nobody is going to be strutting in heaven. Nobody's going to be saying, well... Me and Jesus got me here. It's going to be all Jesus. And it'd be just like I said uh, one time before, it's been a couple of years ago, if, if uh, Tommy came up to me after church today and he said, Hey, Pastor Nick, I see you driving an ugly car out there, and uh, I want to I buy you a brand new car. In fact, I want to get you a, a Lexus. Sound pretty good? Okay. And uh, he says, what color? What color do you want? I said, well, I like blue. He said, okay, I'm going to buy you a blue Lexus. I said, they've got one up here at the Lexus dealer for $60,000. He said, I'm going to take you down there. I'm going to buy you a brand-new $60,000 Lexus. And I said, oh, man, that's so nice. And so we go down to the Lexus dealer, and Tommy writes out a check for $60,000 be fun with it, and uh, then I, I say, you know, Tommy, I, you know, I can't let you do this, you just, that's too much, so I said, look, I want to help, and I, I reach my pocket, and I pull out a quarter, and I say, here, I want to, I want to pay some on it, too, so he takes that quarter, and we come back to church here next Sunday, and I come driving up my new $60,000 Lexus, and you say, Wow, man, where'd you get that? And I say, Tommy and I bought it. <laughs> That'd be right, wouldn't it? I'd be telling the truth. And Tommy's over there thinking, you gave me two bits. So, and I tell you what, there are a lot of people that have that idea about salvation. They think that they're going to get to heaven, they're going to say, well, Lord, you made the offer, but I'm the one that actually made the choice, and so therefore, me and you got me here. And God's going to say, no, no. Your two bits don't count. It's all of grace. It's all by faith alone 
in Christ alone. He does it all. He bought it. He brought you and he saved you. And he gets all the credit and all the glory. So that's the first thing is that salvation or even faith is granted to us. And then it's the result of grace alone. You did not do anything to deserve it. You can't earn it. You can't achieve. And in America especially, we have this performance mentality. We have this idea that if I perform, if I do good, I get good. But if I do bad, I get bad. And it works that way in the world. But the Bible says that we're not of this world. And that God's kingdom is reverse of men's kingdom. And the fact is, you could never do enough in performance-wise to be approved of God. Because, like I said a couple of weeks ago when we had our firemen and policemen here, uh, there's, there's something wrong at the root. And you can't, you can't make something clean with dirty hands. And a lot of people have the idea, well, I'll just clean up my own life. I think I told you once before that I was working on an old mimeograph machine years ago. Now, for some of you don't even know what a mimeograph machine is, but it's you ink those things up, you put a stencil on it, and you crank this thing, and it was kind of like the pre-Xerox machines, you know. And But I was inking this stencil up, and I had on a white shirt, and I got some ink on my white shirt. Because I had ink on my hands. And so I said, now I got I to gotta clean my shirt off. And so I start rubbing that ink. Well, I've got ink on my hands. And I'm just smearing it. And I'm just making it worse and worse. So I, I thought about just going ahead and smearing one on this side. And then I had looked like it was designed that way. But I ended up having to go home, change shirts. But, but the Lord said, you know, while that was all going on, The Lord said, you know, that's the way a lot of people are. They recognize they've got sin in their life, and so they try to clean it themselves, but they've got dirty hands. And we just smear it is what happens. And then a lot of people mask it. They think, you know, well, if I join the church, if I go to church, if I try to do religious things, if I try to do some good things, give some money, help the poor, something like that, maybe... God will accept me. Listen, God accepts only one sacrifice for sin, and that is the blood of his son who died for us on the cross. And look, no matter how bad you are or have been, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses from all sin. And no matter how good you think you are, I want you to know that it takes the same grace and the same faith to become a Christian. There is no form of human badness any worse than human goodness that substitutes for being born again. Do you get that? you understand what I'm saying? is that people who think they don't need to repent need to repent. 
people who believe they don't need to be forgiven of their sin, they must be forgiven of their sin because they have the root sin of all sins, and that's the sin of human pride and self-righteousness. You cannot, you cannot make yourself clean before God. Again, I think I told you this story one time. I hate to tell it because it's kind of nasty, but uh, I love a good fruit salad. I love a salad that has, you know, apples and oranges and some pineapple and maybe a little coconut and some grapes. Oh, that sounds good. Don't you love a good fruit salad? Suppose you came to my house and I said, I'm making you a fruit salad. And I put all these good ingredients in there. And you think, oh, wow, that was great. And then you notice on my hands, I've got some open sores kind of oozing, you know. And I don't get any gloves. I just start mixing that fruit salad. Mmm, yummy. I know what you're going to do. Same thing I do. I'd say, you know, I, I don't think I want any fruit salad. And I will tell you, there are a lot of people, they... They think they've got a lot of good stuff in their life. They say, I go to church, I, I, I help people, I'm a good neighbor, and they've got all this kind of stuff. And then they say, now, God, I'm going to offer this up to you, and I hope you like it. And then they begin to mix it with runny, dirty, filthy, s- sinful hands. And God says the same thing about our offering that you would say about my fruit salad offering. He says, no, thank you. That is not what I want. The only thing I will accept is faith. And then he says that it's the same faith that everybody shares. In other words, there's not super saints and ordinary saints. We're all saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says it results in a new nature. Number four, it results in a new nature. He says, by these precious promises, by faith in those promises, you have been made partakers of the divine nature. Now, when you and I were born the first time, our physical birth, we became partakers of Adam's nature. The, The nature of sinful, fallen Adam passed right to us. We came into this world with the guilt and the stain and the, and the uh, uh, penalty of sin on us. We were, we were born, the first, our first birth qualified us to be Adam's child and to be under the condemnation of Adam. That's the reason Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. Because the first birth qualifies you for judgment. The second birth qualifies you for heaven. So it results in a new nature. When you are born again, when you are saved, when you come by faith in Christ, Something happens in you. 
You're not just, you're, it's not just that your name is written on the Lamb's book of life. That's what happens in heaven. But what happens in you is that God's Holy Spirit actually comes and gives to you a new nature, the nature of your heavenly Father. And then it results, number five, in immeasurable treasure. You know what you get when you become a Christian? Uh, you get all of the treasures and the blessings that God has to give to you. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You knew where I was going with that, didn't you? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So, you know, people say, well, I'm asking God for a a second blessing. Well, that's fine. Ask him for a thousandth blessing. The answer is always yes. God says, I've given you everything that pertains to life and to godliness. We don't have to beg him for it. We just receive it. We trust him. It's already ours. And sure, we grow in grace. We grow in our understanding. We grow in our appreciation. We grow in knowing how to, how to apply all of those blessings. But we don't get them incrementally. We receive them all. When we receive Christ. He is the blessing. He is the treasure house. And then number six. It grants us victory over sin. He said by these precious promises. And by faith. Then you have escaped. The desires that are in the world. The, uh, the corruption that is in the world. Through lust. People say well. I, I really want victory. I want victory over sin. And you should want victory over sin. But I want to tell you something. It's very important. You never get victory over sin by fighting sin. That sounds strange. A man says, well, you know, I've got this, uh, I, I'm struggling with the uh, desire for pornography. So, so I'm going to really fight that sin. No, that's not the way you get victory. Because when you fight a sin, you get focused on that sin. That's all you can think about. And you just, you don't get victory over a sin by fighting that sin. You get victory over that sin by focusing in a new direction. By focusing on the treasure that you have in Jesus. By loving him. And when you love him, then the love for the sin diminishes. Even the desire for the sin diminishes. Because you have him. Be like if, if I brought you to my house and you looked over and there was an old piece of stale bologna laying there on the table. And you think, well, I'm kind of hungry. I and you're looking around to see if I'm looking, and you think, I think I'm going to eat some of that bologna. And, and, and you say, no, I shouldn't eat it. But, but all you can think about is that bologna, you know, that old stale, kind of getting hard around the edges, bologna, but you think it just, I, I'm, I'm going to eat it anyway. Now, I know some of you probably think, well, hey, 
that's my favorite thing. But uh, but I come in and I see you eyeing that baloney and I say, uh, hey, would you like to have some bluebell? Or maybe a steak or something like that. You no longer have to fight the desire for that baloney, do you? Because you think, oh, there's something so much better. I forget about that. I know that's a silly illustration, but I tell you what. <laughs> so I say, yeah, amen. Uh, uh, some of you think you're going to slide that baloney in your pocket, take it home with you. But uh, no. But here's the thing: I don't, I don't get victory over temptation by fighting the temptation. I get victory over the temptation by pursuing the treasure that is mine in Christ. And when I focus on him and I love him and I'm running toward him, I don't have to think about what I'm running from because I'm running to that which has my heart and has my attention. Does that make sense? Really, I mean, you know, I... I used to counsel people on how to fight temptation, how to fight sin, and I just never was getting anywhere. And I learned from John Piper, actually, about 30 years ago, that the way we turn from sin is to turn to something that is so much more precious to us. And then we forget about what's here. That's why the Bible says faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. We don't get victory by fighting. We get victory by believing God's precious promises. In fact, if you ever want to listen to a great series of sermons, you go online to John Piper's uh, ministry, desiringgod.org, and you look for the sermons series called Fighting, I mean Battling Unbelief battling unbelief and he shows you in that series how that every sin has its root in unbelief and every victory finds its victory in faith not in fighting so it grants us victory over sin and then number seven and this is the last one is it is only the beginning trusting in Christ lays the foundation. And then we begin to build our life on that foundation. But the foundation is vital. In fact, sometimes the foundation is totally invisible. When I was in New York City back uh, a couple years ago, they were pouring the foundation for what was going to be the new Freedom Tower, the world New World Trade Center, maybe four years ago, whenever it was, I was there. And my goodness, they were pouring a foundation that was looked like a mile deep. It wasn't a mile, but it was just massive, huge. And they said, this building is going to be like 100 stories high. And said, in order for it to stand... It has to have a foundation that's almost as deep as it is high. And I thought, wow, it's a good lesson. If my life is going to stand, then I have to have the right foundation. 
then I have to build on that foundation. That's what we'll be talking about starting next week, Lord willing. All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have given to us all that we need and that it is by faith, by trusting you, by believing you, by receiving what you've promised that we can have eternal life but also a life that will stand, a life that will not collapse. And I pray that you'll help us today to put our trust totally and only in you and that we will not trust in our own performance or our own activities or even our own righteousness, but we'll trust only in you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.